edition of Making Money with Ron Hebert, the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gordon Whitehead, retired broadcaster. We like to talk about investing. We've talked about this particular sector on occasion, Ron, and we reference it from time to time because it always seems to be in the news. And with everything that's going on now surrounding energy, whether you're a renewable fan or whether you're a fossil fuel fan or a hybrid of both, whatever the case may be, we cannot get away from pipelines. They're, they're sort of at the top of the list, it seems, all the time. And people, will, I think, often forget what an 800-pound gorilla this business is. In Canada, for example, we we export 3.2 million barrels of oil a day and 7.4 billion cubic feet of gas per day to the U.S. And the pipeline industry is a $10 billion industry in Canada, and it's a $50 billion industry in the U.S. We've got 450,000 kilometers of oil and gas pipelines in Canada and the U.S., and end-to-end, that would circle 11 times around the Earth. So this is a very, very big business. And, you know, capricious, uh, we're going to shut this down, we're going to close this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Um, You know, people have to be very careful for what they wish for. And we should also point out, it's not just oil and gas that go through those lines, there's water being moved, there's carbon dioxide. Everybody's, you know, wanting to get rid of carbon dioxide, so they're they're piping it through and putting it in a cave somewhere. They're, They're piping hydrogen through them now, right? And frankly, the usage for pipelines is uh, going to change dramatically as hydrogen, which most people think hydrogen is going to be the end game, not lithium batteries, because hydrogen is the most, uh, From I understand it's the most uh, uh, popular molecule on Earth, and it's one of the most popular or, or abundant molecules in the galaxy. And so hydrogen is going to, they, we feel, especially uh, if we start using nuclear uh, fusion and fission, and we can produce hydrogen economically, it is going to be the, the fuel, the clean fuel, that is going to power industry and personal use and over time will eventually replace uh, lithium, which is, I mean, you've got to mine this stuff, and you've got you've got rare earths that you've got to use. It is not as economically friendly as most people think. Okay, there are a lot of risks around pipelines, and of course, I think the one that jumps out immediately is environmentalists, right? Yeah, the environmental movement is fighting hard to shut down new pipeline construction, and they 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 certainly have uh, done a good job with the Keystone Pipeline shutting it down. Um, the uh, pipeline that was going to run from Alberta all the way to the uh, the west coast, Prince Rupert, that energy, got shut. Oh, yeah, that one, Gateway, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Gateway, Energy East. So, you know, they've done a very, very good job of, of shutting down the growth of, of new pipelines. And I don't think that is going to change over the next few years. So that is where the growth in the industry would come from, or one of the tools for growth. And that is being shut down. So you have to ask yourself, what does that mean for the future? Well, the other thing is, too, we've talked a lot about drilling. Drilling has been down the past few years, but from everything I've read of late, it's on the upswing right now. Well, less drilling for fossil fuels, especially, you know, you've got uh, governments pushing hard, uh, especially Mr. Carney, the former uh, governor of the Bank of Canada. He's leading two groups, uh, one group uh, of banks that 
uh, have set their their sights on on lending more to green agendas and lending less to fossil fuels, unless the fossil fuels find a way to become energy neutral. Also, the insurance companies are looking at fossil fuels and saying, well, there's another group that uh, uh, Mr. Carney has started that uh, is not going to insure energy companies that have a big carbon footprint. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot pushing in the other direction. And if that means less capital, it could also mean less drilling for fossil fuels, which will eventually lead to less volume, which is the lifeblood of pipelines over time. I found Mr. Carney's name come up in conversation with some of my acquaintances over the past six months. A couple of big Mark Carney fans, a lot of Mark Carney detractors, too. Just want yeah. to put that out there, you know. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the, the, the climate debate is... Uh, uh, the, the, the climate debate on exactly how you should be doing uh, uh, this this whole remediation, yeah. yeah, is is it's we're a long way from really good solutions. Right now, it's aspirational. They're they're throwing money at everything, and they're not looking at it the most efficiently as they could. I mean, out of twenty nine thousand producers of electrical energy that use coal. Um, or uh, that have produced electrical energy. There's about 1,400 of them globally that produce 67% of the CO2 emissions for the entire industry globally. And if they just sat down and came up with a fund and got rid of those, those, uh, those coal-fired plants that are producing the bulk of the emissions, it's way cheaper than everybody running around in a $150,000 Tesla. But they, people don't think like that. So there's a lot of work that's going to have to be done before uh, there's there, there's a, an economic solution that allows us to get where we want to go, or, or at least aspirationally where they want to go, without bankrupting the country. Because right now, we're not even close to having that. Let's talk about some of the opportunities with pipelines, Ron. If you look around, somebody, for example, like Warren Buffett has invested a lot of money in pipelines. Oh, Warren Buffett uh, has spent $10 billion buying Dominion Energy's pipeline assets. Brookfield Infrastructure just finished a very, very bitter uh, proxy battle to purchase, be able to purchase Interpipe uh, this fall. And Brookfield Infrastructure is spending about $9 billion on that purchase. So these two, Brookfield Infrastructure and Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, are two of the savviest investors out there. And they don't think traditional energy providers are going away anytime soon. And they've been buying assets on the cheap. And in the current climate, Ron, uh, everybody's pumping through these lines at phenomenal rates. I mean, product is flowing at a furious rate and obviously generating pretty good profit. You know, and that's uh, that's the... The, the hidden upside for pipelines. If you can't build more of them, uh, then you have to make the infrastructure you already have, you've got to fill it to capacity or you have to make it work even harder. And so existing pipelines are doing just that and it's resulting in strong earnings for pipeline companies because every asset they have is running flat out. We mentioned these lines are, are pumping hydrogen through them now, which is obviously a growth industry, something for the future in the green revolution. And also CO2 is going through the lines, correct? Yeah, and Canada projects that 30% of its energy needs could come from hydrogen by 2050. And hydrogen, because it's a gas, 
it could use a lot of the existing pipeline infrastructure that we already have in place. So I don't know if that's what Warren Buffett or Brookfield Infrastructure are thinking, but if hydrogen is the go-to fuel 20 or 30 years out, um, then this infrastructure and, and fueling stations like gas stations, they could prove to be very, very valuable infrastructure because it's already set up and you don't have to spend trillions. I mean, uh, Carney came out and said the cost of, of making the world green is, uh, and there was another report, I think by, it was either, I think it was Goldman Sachs that came out with another report that said the total cost of this is 130 to 100 to 160 trillion or 140 to 160 trillion and those numbers are just staggering and if you know anything because these are government uh funded and operated programs uh, there's not many government programs that come in on time and on budget so is that going to be in a factor of two or three or four times could it cost uh 300 trillion or 500 trillion and, in, you know, if once you start getting into that imaginary number world, you know, how far does all this go before uh, it just costs so much money that it bankrupts everybody else? So, um, you know, the pipeline industry is not going away anytime, anytime soon, just simply because there is uh, we just don't have enough money to do all the things that everybody wants to do as quickly as they want to do them. So that just means that. Um, energy is going to be here for a while. And you look at, uh, for example, the minister of energy for Saudi Arabia. He said, and I quote, we are going to pump every last drop of oil from underneath our soil, every last drop. And if it means that we're the last man standing, so be it. And Ron, we've had this conversation on several occasions. It just seems to me, you read the news every day and there's that group of people out there that seem to think we can make this transition like that, like the snap of the fingers, a turn, just a, a quick pivot. That's not going to happen. We rely so much on fossil fuels in so many segments of society, it's just not going to happen overnight. Yeah, and you know, uh, you look at pipelines and of course, like you talked about carbon dioxide, going to require pipelines to transport and store uh, the CO2. Uh, if, if we get 30% of our, our energy from hydrogen, uh, these existing pipelines could, be, could all end up being used for other things. Well, we're seeing the brownouts happening in many parts of Europe, sections of England and the British Isles, also on the continent and in Germany and places like that. The renewables just aren't getting the job done. Yeah, and it's embarrassing in Germany because, frankly, they've they've also decided they're going to go no nuclear. So the only way that they can heat homes and provide the energy for industry to keep going in the winter is uh, they have to fire up uh, coal-fired uh, plants. And, of course, that produces a lot of pollution and CO2. And, you know, so the greenies are going to have to stop and and figure out a plan that is functional, not just aspirational. And we're a long way from that yet. Yet, And until they actually have a concrete plan to get us from A to B rather than just uh, helter-skelter uh, ideas that are, that are passed into law, it just means that the energy industry, by necessity, is going to be around uh, for a long time. So let's talk a little bit about who should be buying pipeline stocks. Ron, should everybody have a little nibble of this sector in their portfolio? Well, you know, pipelines are... 
from at least un- unless they expand themselves into other other growth areas, especially the green areas, they have marginal growth prospects ahead of them, but they've got awesome cash flow, which means that they can produce big dividends and thus are reasonable assets for investors as a whole, uh, especially if you're retired. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 68 this year. I hold these. I have common shares in Enbridge and TC Energy. I have preferred shares in Pembina and TC Energy, and we're going to be talking about those in a second. But, you know, I'm retired, and I like the income that a 5 or 6% dividend can give me for the simple reason that being retired and, and um, not having uh, the cash flow that I had during my working years, uh, these things provide really, really good dividends. And frankly, if they pay dividends for the next 30 years, and as they slowly transition into something else, and there's not a lot of growth there, I'm happy to get a 6% dividend for the rest of my life. Hands up over here. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some of these companies. Uh, one that pops to the top of the list, and we've mentioned many times before on the show, is Enbridge. Big company. Well, Enbridge is the largest energy infrastructure company, not just in Canada. It is the largest energy infrastructure company in North America. The symbol is ENB. Its price is around $53 when we recorded the show. Its PE is about 18. And look at the dividend, a juicy 6.3% that's well covered by earnings. TC Energy, a name that a lot of people might remember as TransCanada Pipe, correct? Yeah, symbol TRP, TransCanada Pipe. But TC Energy, its new name, it's currently at about $63. It's 14 and a half times earnings. And here again, look at the dividend, 5.5% for it. TC is focused on natural gas storage and transmission and has 93,000 kilometers of pipeline assets. 93,000 kilometers. And our third pick here, Ron, is Pembina Pipelines. And I got to say, boy, do I have a soft spot in my heart for this company. Boy, is this a well-managed, well-run company. Pembina PPL, it trades at $42. It's uh, 16 times earnings. Has a yield here again, uh, a juicy yield of 5.9%. Now, it's primarily a Western Canadian gathering system for oil. And uh, when you look at how much oil that they transfer per day and how much storage they have, it's amazing. They transport 3 million barrels of oil a day, and they've got 21 billion barrels of cavern storage to put this stuff into if they need to. So uh, Pembina, not a national or international player, but certainly uh, an 800-pound gorilla in Western Canada. Well, there you go. Some information on the pipeline industry, a section of your portfolio you should consider, as we say, and don't think it's going away anytime soon. And there's a lot of potential there in the future with hydrogen, carbon dioxide being transferred through these pipes. Pretty solid business. If you have a question for the financial coach or a show suggestion, remember two ways to reach us via email through letsmakemoney.ca, that's our website, or through cfcw.com, where our show is hosted on, the, on their portfolio. We'd be happy to address them in an upcoming episode. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. 
The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.